Welcome to another episode of Mental Conversations, a podcast focusing on positive mental health and overcoming the struggles of life. My name is Chris Sutton and today I'm excited because I'm joined back in the studio um, by Nama Zussman. Uh, Nama is a yoga teacher and a certified health coach at Nama Wellness. Uh, thank you again for being on the show. Thank you, Chris. Lovely great. to be here again. Yeah, great to have you back in. So today, or last time, we talked about food. Now, we're going to talk about food again. Um, we were talking uh, off air about eating disorders. And you said to me, actually, disordered eating is a term that you, that, that you use. Um, mm. So what do you mean by disordered eating? So eating disorders always like they're they should be diagnosed, right? It's uh, either like um, anorexia or bulimia or a binge eating disorder. Mm. But disordered eating is basically an unhealthy relationship with food, right? Um, where you perhaps feel bad about eating something and then maybe restricting yourself the next day. It can manifest in so many different ways, yeah. and I think. Um, so many people today in the culture we live at have some kind of disordered relationship with food. Yeah, I mean, we talked about it the last time you were here. Um, and we talked about, <laughs> I think I talked about chocolate quite a lot. Yes. <laughs> if you want to check that one out, if you want to hear me talking about chocolate. Um, but, but no, but, but sincerely, the, 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 what was interesting was looking at the things underneath it, you know, what's happening underneath and why it's happening. Yes. So, so when we, so when we said about you coming back in, I particularly was interested in your journey mm. because I know that you've been on, I don't know much about it, but I know you've been on a real journey with food. So yeah. how's, how's that happened for you? Yeah. So I'll start with saying like, like you said, it's chalk. We talked about chocolate, but we talked about a lot of things underneath it, right? Yeah. Because actually it's never about food. It's never about the chocolate. Mm. It's what the chocolate represents for you or what, what kind of void is it filling up for you, right? So that's... Uh, that's it's really scary stuff. When I love talking to you, because, but yeah. you, your eye contact is insane. Oh. So like you're like this person that's like, you're <laughs> confident, you know what you're talking about. And I'm thinking, oh no, I can't. I'm trying to fill the void by with, with yeah. cake and stuff like that. But yeah, it's, yeah, it's, I, I don't let you uh, run away, right? Yeah, like, exactly. But what do you mean? Yeah. What, that's why I want to know your story, because because yeah. it's like you've clearly been on this journey, and now like following your Instagram and um, you know you on social media, I can see the kind of foods you're eating, and mm -hmm. I can see the kind of um, lifestyle you're living. Yeah, you know, so yeah, it's very different from mine. Right. <laughs> so my journey um, started probably when I was about. 17 um, I always actually had a very healthy relationship with food mm -hmm. when I grew up um, and I grew up in a very let's say healthy home my mom always cooked food fresh food um, my grandmother uh, she became vegan in the 70s uh, wow. her father so my great-grandfather was a raw vegan naturopath so I grew up with a lot of like healing notions really? and where, yes. where did you grow In Israel. In Israel, okay, yes. cool. Um, but about 17, I became very aware of my body and how it's changing, you know, as a teenage girl and getting a bit of comments from, you know, the surround, the environment. Um, and, and, and that what like got me to start my first diet. Right, okay. 
and and through that through starting my first diet that really created a very disordered relationship with food um, if you so what happened is that I actually got addicted to that like seeing the number going down on the scale yeah. you know because it gave me a sense of accomplishment and I felt like I had control so can I just stop you there mm-hmm. so I so one of the things I really liked about um, actually not just on the podcast when we met before speaking to you about this is you you raise little flags in my brain quite regularly mm-hmm. and so there you so what you're saying there is you're you've identified maybe not at the time but you've identified that actually something external so comments you were receiving mm-hmm. you know has um, kind of was the catalyst for you changing your relationship with food to actually uh, bring that number down or um, I don't know that down or up or whatever it was you, you wanted that that weight to, to change from where you were yeah and but then the thing that made you feel good was that number yeah so you've started to own it yeah at that point yeah you know the number is just a symbol for feeling like you have control over something yeah right um, and of course, one of the reasons um, why I went on my first diet wasn't only like the, the voices uh, from outside. It was also just the feeling that I'm losing something, you know, maybe it's the growing up. Yeah. Um, it's also a lot of insecurities that I had as a child. I was always like the quiet one and the shy one. And I was always like very afraid right um so i think it's you know there's so many layers to it i think the afraid thing is probably everyone isn't it yeah and it's almost like the numbers got down and i got skinnier and skinnier and it's almost like i wanted to disappear in a way wow okay um so it's it's you know it has so many layers powerful stuff Yeah. yeah so it has so many layers of um, feeling a sense of control yeah. when you feel like everything in life is you don't have control over. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the feeling of like accomplishing something. Yeah. It's the feeling of uh, disappearing. Yeah. It's and and one more thing, you know, people told me, oh wow, you lost weight, you look so good, you look so great, and I always tell people, please, like since then, I tell people don't comment on other people's weight. It's reinforcing. It's triggering. It's mm. really triggering because then you uh, equate your worth with your weight. Yeah. Yeah. I, interestingly, I, I, I've been on a... Um, I, when I, I was going to say I've been on a journey with weight in terms of that. Nothing, um, nothing like what you're talking about, but I've, I have sometimes kind of dipped into that or wonder how much I weigh. And actually, right now, I couldn't tell you how much I weigh. Mm. I, I've got no idea. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> like, yeah. Because I, because I actually have. This is as a, you know, as an adult. Um, I think I'm an adult. Um, <laughs> like, is um, yeah. I'm talking in the last two, three years. You know, I, I actually bought some scales and was, and then just went. Actually, this is nothing to do with anything happiness or I don't need to be a certain weight to and I was but then and whether this is even like is as as um could be potentially damaging or I was like it's more about what I look like it's more about my appearance that I was like more that I was thinking that's the thing that makes me feel more confident or in in myself 
So it was about more about me and myself, not about, yeah, I weigh this much. Yes. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah and that's something I uh, tell all my clients to do, like on the first session or something like that. Throw the Throw scales. Throw the scales away. Because they, well, first of all, the scale sometimes is a liar, right? Mm -hmm. You can't really uh, know if you really gained weight or if, yeah. is it water retention or yeah. something else. And B, it really doesn't matter your number on the scale. Yeah. It doesn't matter. What matters is how you feel. Yeah. And that's something I saw over the years as well with myself and with my clients that you start feeling good when you do uh, good things for yourself, not when you uh, lose weight. Because if I gave you a pill now that will lose the weight, let's say you wanted to lose, mm. it won't make you any happier because you didn't change your behavior. Yeah. Um, so so what happened next then? So in your story? So in my story, and I'll try to make it short because it's a long story, but basically, yes, I, I developed this unhealthy relationship with food and I had a lot of uh, destructive behaviors, uh, which I, I won't um, mention them all because I feel like that could be also a trigger for other people. Sure. Uh, but, you know, really um, restricting my eating in a way that was unhealthy. I lost a lot of weight, which was unhealthy. Hmm. Um, and I didn't see it. And at one point, my body was like, hey, what's going on? You know, and I was chronically constipated mm -hmm. because, you know, the, my body was just trying to survive. Yeah. Uh, my period stopped. I had uh, like little pimples all over my face because I was malnourished. Right. Um, and, and what I was doing is I was trying to look for external, um, external, you know, um, solutions. Yeah. So instead of actually facing the problem, I was looking to like taking the pill again uh, to stop my period and things like that yeah taking laxatives which is very unhealthy and yeah. uh, encourages an unhealthy relationship with your body and food so looking for the external solution rather than looking internally yeah okay um and i was lying a lot so you know i think uh, at that point my parents they wanted to help but they didn't know exactly what to do and then we did start like you know, seeing some profession uh, professionals, but my my healing really started when I um, started practicing yoga. Okay, that's when. And how did you and how did you get into yoga then? Um, my first encounter with with yoga was in Israel. Uh, my neighbor was a yoga teacher, and she told me like, "Oh, you should try yoga. It's going to." I was running a lot, which is also a <laughs> part of my yeah. unhealthy yeah, yeah. Um, relationship with food and my body. But she was uh, telling me like, "Oh, you should this, and it will help you with my uh, with the running." And I, that's when I first started with yoga. Right. Okay. Um, and in the beginning, it was just something that I felt very uh, connected to. It was very nice. I felt peaceful and relaxed, but it didn't have that like deeper effect. Um, which I got later on when I started practicing Ashtanga Yoga. Mm -hmm. um, Ashtanga is like they're quite physical. It's a more dynamic form yeah. of yoga and it's a traditional practice. So it, it has like this um, more, let's say, a spiritual connection. Because okay. it's not something that you do um, as like a modern form of like fitness. Mm -hmm. It actually has a lot of roots and there are some like 
things that you follow, like you don't practice on moon days, for example, when it's a full moon or new moon. So you, you get more connected with the tradition of the yoga rather right, than okay. like a physical thing. Yeah. Um, but that's when I really started healing my body and my relationship with food. Um, because of this connection, you know, finding a deeper connection with who I am. And, right, okay, that's what I was going to say. So when you said that, when you said that connection, my first thought was with, with what? What were you connecting mm. with? Because so, especially when you talk about not practicing on full moon and things, so I was thinking, is it connecting with nature? Is it connecting with, you know, and like going down, and like, is it that route of... Um, step it's basically stepping off the rat race the kind of the path that i know i think i remember we talked about on the previous podcast we did together about that route that so many people are on towards kind of um in western society the whole get a job get married have kids get a um a, uh, you know earn a lot of money as, as much as you can so you can have stuff yeah and like we but you that that came later on but, with the practice but the initial connection that I was talking about is really that, like, establishing a new relationship with my body. Yeah, so that was what, sorry, yeah. So then you said you, the connection was with yourself. I was like, okay, that's really... So through the key. physical self, yeah. you open uh, a door to, let's say, your, you know, not to sound too woo, but to your, like, spiritual self or your deeper self or, I don't know, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. It doesn't really matter, but... You know, yoga is, is, is physical, but it has a lot of layers beneath it. And it's really focusing, you know, that movement with breath and synchronizing that movement with breath. Yeah. And focusing on breath and quieting your mind. Um, that really got me to create a different, establish a different connection with my body. Yeah, because that must... I always had this thing around um, with mental health and with anxiety in particular... I always had this thing around, if someone gives you a pill, I was trying to work out, I could see how it could change you physically, but I couldn't understand how it could certainly change your thoughts. Mm -hmm. But when, I when you talk about that connection and you talk about connecting with your breath and actually quietening your mind, you are, you know, everyone's got that kind of, what's it called, chitteriti, the kind mm. of monkey mind of like... Like where you've yeah. just got thought, like thousands of, of thoughts. Can yeah. you talk to people about meditation? They go, "Oh, I can't do it. I just mm -hmm. can't do meditation because my thoughts are still there." It's like, well, yeah, but they will be. But like, and that's why I like that expression, quietening your mind, because yes. it's a, it's about reducing it slightly and giving yourself more space. And then something you said to me before was around, um, you know, the true you finding mm -hmm. out, and that that the relationship with food. And quite often, um, overeating or whatever it is people are doing with food is filling that gap between the true person you are and actually something else. So yoga helped you to do that, did it? To kind of find out who you are. Yeah, and what it did is it really, you know, it helped me to face my demons and my fears and, you know, my, you know, all these things that I was trying to avoid all these years because I was trying to avoid them uh, through eating and under eating and then overeating. Yeah. Um, so I used food to cope with all my demons. But then once I stepped on the yoga mat, it was like a mirror. Something wow. like there is no escape. You have to face those things. And over time, you know, going back to the mat day after day, 
you um, see that like all the things that you face on the mat, you face in life as well. Wow, that's amazing. That mm -hmm. is amazing. Yeah. In interestingly, you said something there. I, I had um, um, a lady called Kat Lawrence on, on the show recently, and, um, and she was talking about self-harm. Um, and one of the things she talked about was learning to sit with herself, you know, and to kind of almost, I can't remember the expression she was using, but it was like to, learning to sit down with her problems yeah. rather than kind of trying to just, trying to do whatever it is that's the escape, that gives you the escapism so you just don't have to face them. Yes. But it wasn't about even that term facing them. It's not about facing them. It's, it, it was, I like the way it was the kind of being with them. It's about acknowledging that they're there rather than yeah. trying to avoid them and avoid, I mean, you know, we always try to, um, we always seek for pleasure and try to avoid pain, yeah. right? But that's not how life works. Yeah. Uh, there will be always pain, and if you're trying to avoid pain, you create even more pain, right? Like they say, um, pain is inevitable, but suffering is optional. Yeah. And when you try to avoid pain, you are creating more suffering. Yeah. And that's what the yoga practice also teaches you, you know, that you um, you can't avoid, you know. And, and that's what I love about the Ashtanga Yoga, that it's based on a traditional sequence and you don't choose like, oh, I feel like doing crow pose today, or I feel like doing down dog today, or I feel like doing this. You actually follow a sequence, and it's not about your personal preference. Yeah. You follow this, so you, you have no room to escape. You have to also do the poses that don't feel comfortable. And that I feel... didn't know that about Ashtanga, actually. Yes. That's yeah. what, what I really like about that is that with, um, uh, or hearing about that is, um, we talked just before we um, started recording this about yoga um, and a yoga class that I used to go to, which was it was a vinyasa flow class. Mm -hmm. um, and I hadn't thought this at the time, but the, the class I used to go to, um, it was the same sequence. Mm -hmm. And we would do the same sequence, you know, a, a few times in the course of an hour or however long it was. Um, and then that was in like the flow part of it. And then we would do some kind of balance poses and things that were set, like were kind of separate, but the flow part of it. And I did actually used to get into a state of mind. Yes. And it was, and I just, I, I'd said this to you before, we, like I said, but uh, without the detail, that it was the kind of my favorite yoga class that I've been to. Um, and, and actually there was a point where after we'd finished the kind of flow section of the practice, um the the teacher had said to go into a certain posture and i had misheard because i was in this kind of state and i could hear people laughing and i wasn't really thinking about it because i was just focusing on the pose and was in this state and at the end of the practice she said what was all that about and i said what do you mean and she went i told you three times you were doing something different from everyone else and to the point they were all laughing. And she goes, and you still didn't acknowledge that I was even talking to you. And you didn't change out of the pose you were in. And I went, I didn't know you were talking to me. Mm. Like, I had no idea. I'd have got no idea what you were saying. Mm. And she was like, wow, that's, you, were, you were just not here. And, that, and I think that is a really, it was because I was in a very powerful, positive frame of mind. I was just in the zone, I suppose, mm. if you like. Yeah. So um, in some respects, that actually was an escape for me 
because it kind of quite that really did quiet in my mind. Mm. I'm actually getting emotional talking about it. Yeah, um, it was a really difficult time in my life, and that really helped me through it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the the power of of yoga and actually giving you the opportunity to, particularly through those routine, you know, the same yes. things, gives you that time, doesn't it? Yeah, and I I would just um, say that yoga is not an escape. It sometimes gives you like yeah this quiet peace of mind, but eventually, like if you do it over and over, like for years, you see that it's not an escape. Yeah, it's not always fun, and you you have to show up anyway because that's the commitment you made made with yourself. But yeah, doing this um, repetitive practice that is always the same. Not only that it allows you to go more into a meditative state because you're n- you don't have to like think about like, oh, where is my hand and where is my leg? You know, you're just in the pose because you've been doing it again and again. But also, you know, that's really what allows you to go through that process of re- rewiring your brain um, and, and really breaking down that patterned way of thinking. Yeah. Because how do you break a pattern in general, like not only in yoga? by repeating a new pattern again and again and observing how your mind slowly shifts so it's also you know that practice of awareness and so being like, aware so creating a new habit if you like is that a right is that a, or a new it's a new is it's really watching the way your mind works and and being aware of how your mind works right so even on the last episode we talked about like the stories that you create for yourself right so hmm. um, my mom always cut the, cut the Mars into five pieces oh, that's yeah. what you were saying right <laughs> um, so since then I am this and this and this yeah so a lot of times we uh, you know we had a past experience and then we established like a little story about how we are in the world or how we react to things and how we deal with things. Yeah. But it's just a story that we developed over time based on one experience or a few experiences. Mm. But does is this story true? Is it actually true? Is it actually true that uh, you are this kind of person? Like, I'm not the person who can do this or I'm not the person who can do that, you know? And you talked, you talked about gray areas, like, you know, I was about something slightly different, mm-hmm. but actually it's, it's made me think that, you know, that you're, um, you know, the person you are is constantly changing, you know, you're in a different state, you're in different states, you know, you're living through different experiences and it's not, you know, there is no cut Hopefully. and dried. Yeah, well, hopefully you're, you're always changing, right? And not saying the same and repeating the same patterns. But you know, when people say, well, that's just who I am. Yeah, you know, like people will people will say that's almost like they're the final kind of kind of defensive. Well, my the way I'm gonna stop this argument or win it or whatever, say, well, that's just who I am. So you yes. just got to take me or leave. Well, that's the easy and, way that you know. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, well, actually, you know, when I hear people talking, people like yourself talking about, you know, we we tell ourselves these stories. Are they actually true? Is it actually reality? It's something that the me of you know, five, six years ago would have gone, what? What are you talking about? Mm. I, don't, I don't even understand what you're talking about. And one of the things I love about this show is being able to kind of explore things like that, even language like that, for people like that, that have never heard it before to go, maybe they'll be saying, what are they talking about? But maybe they'll go and look into it and think about it a bit more. Yeah. Because it comes back to, and I talk about this a lot, 
perception versus reality, you know, and this, a reality for me, you know, the same, I don't know, so this podcast, you might walk out and think, whoa, what a waste of time. I came into town really early and, you know, it was cold and blah, blah, blah. I might walk out and think, that was bloody brilliant, wasn't it? Mm. The same thing has happened. But you go away with one story, I go away with another. And so, yeah, you're absolutely right. We sometimes then grab hold of stories from our past and make them a point that we fixate on. Yes. And and kind of use as a rationale behind our current behaviour. Yes, and we always, always, always see things through our own eyes yeah. and our experiences and the stories we tell ourselves and our limiting beliefs and our fears. So we always, like, we can watch the same movie, but we'll have a different opinion about it. Yeah, absolutely. Based on, um, you know, our past and, and the stories and everything. So it's also realizing that, you know, not everything that goes in your head is actually a fact. So I always tell my clients, you know, you have to start learning to separate between a fact and an opinion yeah so is this thing actually true Mm -hmm. or is it just an opinion and just and being able to question that is so that's the first step yeah just to and that being aware that there is something to question absolutely because it because it is that um that's that is one of the most has been one of the most important steps in my kind of I've started referring to it as a recovery now, and it's like a recovery that will never end, you know? Definitely. It's just like I'm not trying to get to a point and go, woohoo, I've recovered. Um, but I know I can, you know, I know I'm feeling a lot more positive in areas of my life and things like that. But that whole being able to look at any situation and go, hang on, Chris, is what's happening here? You know, because my emotions have risen and I'm about to react in potentially a way that could be destructive. But actually, is that what's actually happened? Mm-hmm. You know, like even something like the tone of a, like a text you might get from someone. Mm. You know, texting's a nightmare or emails because you can't tell, tell the tone of someone's voice or, you know, so you, you're, they might be being sarcastic and you take it like the wrong way or, and then, but then you, and, and then it gets in your head and you start behaving in a certain way based on that. Yes. We, the reason I brought that example up is I just got a text five minutes before I met you this morning mm. and it was something quite negative mm-hmm. for the way just this conversation I've been thinking in the background oh maybe they didn't mean that maybe they meant so you know like so yes of course you spiral off in one direction yes based on something that you don't you haven't got the full fact yeah and we were talking about the monkey mind before right mm. so um, you get this text and then your mind is already going like, oh, this person doesn't love me. They don't appreciate what I do. You know, you tell yourself all these like this negative inner chatter that goes in your head. Yeah. Um, and it's it's really based on, on nothing. It's not reality, is it? Yeah. Um, and it's start, starting to reframe this way of thinking. And maybe even like a, a step further would be how can I reframe it into a more positive and empowering um, in an empowering way, you yeah. know, so, um, you know, it's the simple thing of like, it's raining and you can complain about the fact that it's raining all day, but that's a fact. You cannot change the fact that it's raining, right? No. So instead of like, oh, I can't believe it's raining and I can't go out of my house, da, da, da. how about like trying to reframe it into a more positive and empowering um, yeah. way of thinking? So maybe you can tell yourself, I'm really grateful for the fact that I have this warm, cozy house 
and it's raining so I can't go out but it means that I can get some things done inside you it's know, a good it's, opportunity to to do something that I you know yes and and that's something yeah. that is so important for me um, maybe one of the most important for me uh, to help my clients with is that you are in charge of your thoughts yeah and you might not be able to change your circumstances and external things that happen mm. but you can decide how you're going to react yeah and it, yes and on top of that it made me what you've made me think about as well is um relationships you know the relationship you have with people um if you do get a message or the same what you're saying about the rain and you know the rain it, it's a fact it's raining mm-hmm. um a message from one person, you know, exactly the same text sent from someone else, you react in a different way. And it's like, a, it's just that realisation that, that a lot of your reactions and emotions, your, your kind of initial reaction is based on a, you know, a series of, it's all, all this data that's come in from the past. Yes. You know, into that one second, how am I going to react to this? comes from all that history of what you've what what you've built up already down like one avenue of a thousand avenues of your life kind of thing yes um so i just i think just that realization that okay you know without hammering the point too much you can question it can i look at it differently can i reframe it in a certain way um and i i have actually said this before but about a friend of mine when i was with them and they walked outside and it was um bright sunshine um but it was cold and it was cold and and i i thought oh great you know it's, it's a sunny day and they went oh it's bloody freezing isn't it <laughs> yeah yeah and you know our mind has a bias for negativity so yeah. it's, it is really a practice it really is something that if you want to change that patterned way of thinking of thinking negatively you have to start practicing you have to take action which yeah. means you have to um, maybe practice gratitude and, and focusing on positive things. It's not about lying to yourself, right? We're not going to lie. Oh, it's oh, it's not raining and I'm happy. You know, it's not yeah, about yeah. that. It's about, you know, rewiring your brain to see different things and not to focus on the negative things. Yeah. It's not about lying to yourself. And, um, yeah. It, it, it's it's really interesting how, how we can... Um, how we can so easily lie to ourselves, isn't it? And like how, um, or I don't know, it's not necessarily lying to yourself. It's basically that it's that view that you're looking through that you can question that sometimes it's easier not to because you're just in that kind of rut or in that way of um, of looking at it. So in terms of the, so we've talked about the yoga. I wanted to just ask you one last thing about the the, the eating. Yeah. If there, if there is, if there are people out there that are struggling with um, their relationship with food, then in terms of what would what would be like the one kind of takeaway thing that you'd suggest? You know, is it getting help from someone? Is it something they can? I think it's a very hard question to answer because it's so individual and it really depends on what what is their relationship with food but if they feel like they've been trying to solve it themselves and they couldn't then Mm. yes it is good to reach out yeah um i think talking about it with someone can help can't it talking can help being open about it. yeah and doing some things that are really you know helping you again to become more aware of 
your thoughts and of your body and just establishing a different connection with your body. So maybe that's another really important thing is to realize that um, we take care of things we love. Mm-hmm. And if we, uh, if someone comes to me and they're like, I hate my body, I need to change my body, right? I need to like manipulate my body to fit into this yeah. view yeah. I have on how it should look like or what other people's, uh, people think, then actually this is not a good starting point because what happens is that you're actually go- going into a war against your body yeah. rather than teaming up with your body. So it's almost like if you start seeing your body, it's it, and maybe, yeah, you can't say, well, I love my body, it's so beautiful if you don't believe in it, but maybe you can start with acknowledging that your body is doing a great job of keeping you alive. Yeah, okay, I like that. And, it, you know, your heart is beating, your lungs are working. Yeah. So why don't you focus on, like, how powerful your body is again and from that place sorry and from that place you really um start making more caring choices and choices that support your body because you're not in a fight anymore and i think that it comes back to the point that you've said there right from the off which is around positively reframing something looking at it in a different way which is a really which is a really helpful thing being able to question the way you're actually approaching something and just understanding, even if you don't know what it is yet, that there potentially is something different out there. Mm. Um, again, we've run out of time, um, so, which is pretty amazing. As I always say, how quickly it goes. But how, how can people get in contact with you? So email info at namawellness.com. My website is namawellness.com and Instagram namawellness. So Fantastic. pretty easy. Fantastic. And Nama is N-A-A-M-A. Correct. (laughs) Brilliant. Um, Thank you guys for listening as always. And follow me on Instagram, Mental Conversations, and Twitter at Mental Comms. And another episode will be winging its way to you soon. Thanks, Nama.